Okay, friends, welcome. We are once again joined by one of our all-time favourite authors, Kelly Stalker, or as you may know her, B Page. So we, we're going to interchange between the two just for funsies. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Lovely to Thank be here Thank you so again. much for joining us. We love chatting with you, <laughs> um, honestly. But we first obviously spoke with you in our series one where we discussed the Academy of Stardom. So if anybody hasn't read that series, jump on it now. It is an amazing dance slash gang series. What what do people call it a mixture of between? It's a mixture oh. between. Um... Oh, so I, I refer it as a mixture between Step Up and Top boy and top boy is a netflix series that we've got over here in the uk it's a london based like yes thing. so step up and i love boy. that i love that yes so if you haven't read it go and jump on that and of course go and listen because kelly did give us um some exclusives in the spoiler <laughs> episode so you can go check those out uh, because i think they're still relevant some of those well what the big yeah. one is still relevant but yeah the, there are a couple in there that's still you know outstanding um spoilers so jump on and see that but today what we're chatting about is your awesome new release dark romance reverse harem the dancer and the mask yeah oh my god i just oh. didn't know the darkness could come from you you're like such a sweet little package <laughs> i am not like Daniel's horns i'm glad they can't see this being recorded like you know but anyway yes i can be dark <laughs> I, I just like all the teasers and everything that you put out about it I'm like I just must read this book the minute it is available and we were lucky enough to get an advanced copy because oh my god I don't think I could have waited any longer I was just like blown away it was fantastic honestly it really was and it's the first in a duet so we've got the second one coming out now I think you've got January down for yeah. it in Amazon yeah, yeah I mean I give myself a little bit of extra leeway because I'm not admittedly the fastest writer in the world. And I knew that I, these, these books take, this is the first book took it out of me. So I knew that I needed that little bit of extra bump just in case. Um, and with Christmas in between and all that busy stuff Absolutely. as well, it's always really impossible sometimes to release any time around Christmas. So I just needed that little bit of wiggle room to write the best story I could write. And it's going to be a beast, I think. Oh, God. It's going to be really long. I probably should have made it a trilogy, but I promised to do it, and I'm going to do a duet. Plus, I've only got two covers, and I can't do I haven't got any more <laughs> photos, so I have to make it. It is what it is at this stage. It is what it is, so just expect a really long second book, okay? <laughs> well, I'm here for it. Like, yeah. I, I could read their story forever like I just love the characters in this story so I was so upset when it finished I was like no <laughs> more yeah that was a big a big you, sir, I don't can I have that. some more <laughs> I don't know if that was my worst cliffy ever I think it probably was maybe I'm trying to think I'm not sure but everyone seems to I don't know more. the academy of yeah. and cliffy were pretty big as well they were big weren't they yeah I think it was different though with this. I mean, we'll get to the cliffhanger, what that is a bit later on. But for me, it was more like, like I just wanted to keep reading. It wasn't like, you know, oh no, what's going to happen next? I was just so into the story and I wasn't ready to be finished. I'm like, oh no, I've read out of pages. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so I think the Academy is starting series is good to refer back to because obviously that is where we are introduced to the characters um from this series so we meet um grim in academy of stardom and she is the main character in this series christy she is sisters with christy um or stepsisters and um then the masks we also meet well we learn of them in academy of stardom because obviously the collector from there which we won't go into that too much because if people haven't read that series they can jump back to it but the collector we meet in that series and the masks are obviously his sons or you know yes under him so um and you know we learn about christy at the end of that 
um, series as well about the fact that she has visions and she started having these visions about the masks coming for her. Um, but, you know, we go, so obviously this duet is about their story and the way it's going to work. And, you know, the masks are these twisted, depraved individuals, but also throughout the series, we're learning about them as well and, and how they came to be that way. Um, and I think just one of the biggest things as well is that it was such a long period between the end of the Academy of Stardom when she makes that claim that she's having these dreams to when it actually comes to fruition because it's two years down the track yeah, yeah it's quite a large period of time and she's just dreaming um, but yeah for two years waiting a long, long time i don't know how you do that as well like you're seeing this gonna happen and you're like when is it gonna happen <laughs> oh i just feel like my anxiety would just be through the roof just like absolutely every day <laughs> today it was pretty she was day, just day day. yeah I love that kind of side to the story that kind of almost is it clairvoyance I'm not sure see it's here is it clairvoyance I should know shouldn't I really but anyway I feel like she's I, I, yeah so she I wasn't sure whether that element when I wrote that into Academy Stardom because obviously I mentioned it in that story I didn't know whether something like that would be well received in a contemporary book because obviously it's got a bit of paranormal-ish vibes yeah um, and I'm kind of blurring the line a little bit between those two stories but I I don't know I just ha I had to do it I had to have that in it because it made them so mysterious and it kind of built up this real tension before they ever did come together and I just thought it was yeah I just needed to do it I I love that side of the story but so when when they were introduced in the Academy Starter series, was it always your plan that they were going to have their own series that it was going to flow on or? You know what? It always happens for me. I will, because I pants, right? I don't plot. So characters will literally just appear and I'll go, oh, and I'll go, I really like you. That would, and then my brain sort of goes, let's just, let's just put that in the file for later because yeah, they're going to come up. And then suddenly it all kind of just happens, you know, Grim had a younger sister and all this stuff. And I just like, she belongs to them. I know it, you know, and it, <laughs> it, in the back of my head. So the minute I finished that, I knew that I wanted to write their story. It was really important. I don't know. I just had to get it out. So that's what happened. I love that. I'm, I'm there for it. I'm glad <laughs> you get it out because the whole time reading Academy, you're just like so drawn to like, who the character is and the yeah you're like and the actually and the diana day because they kind of feature into that as well in in terms of the darkness and also yeah. that kind of supernaturally tight paranormal <laughs> side of things so yeah. we're extremely excited for their story as well <laughs> those guys are literally sitting on my shoulder as we speak like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get, get the mask done because we want our story. I'm like, but you're going to have to wait because I've got to do Grim and Beast as well. So just shut up. Yes. <laughs> yes. But they're very much, they're very loud, actually. I think their story is going to be a good one. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm so there for it. <laughs> um, now, this story is, as we said, it is actually very dark compared to anything else yeah. that we've read of yours. Um and I think it's it's even on a completely different level of, it's almost like, I, I don't know, I was trying to explain it to Amanda. It's like a real mental mind fuck, yeah. like through it as well, <laughs> uh, which gives it that extra darkness. And you're just like, yeah, shit. Um, yeah. Did you set out knowing that it was going to be quite that dark or did it just evolve as you were writing it? Yeah, I knew it was going to be my darkest book. I knew I wanted certain scenes like her and the cross and the blood play um I knew it, I knew that one I wanted there to be degradation but I also knew that she wouldn't take it lying down she wouldn't take any crap from them I knew that about her and I knew that she would be a real force to be reckoned with and underestimated I think because she's kept herself hidden away and she's hidden behind her own mask of makeup and stuff like that I knew that she'd be underestimated just by grim perhaps as well a little bit I think Grim will learn a bit of a lesson in book two about his, her sister um but yes what we're going to yes in terms of the psychological warfare that came out of nowhere I was like wow I'm really really messed up in the head <laughs> I mean I was like Ooh. 
I'm not sure how everyone's going to receive this. I don't know. And I still, I mean, I know I've had some really lovely feedback, but it's not, it's not gone as big as I'd had hoped it would, this book particularly. And maybe the people are waiting for the second book to come out. I'm not sure. But I don't know whether people were just like, wow, this is way off the scale, dark for me psychologically and stuff. And I don't know how to deal with it. I'm not sure. But um, the dark scenes I knew I wanted, but the kind of psychological stuff that really came out of nowhere. And I think, I don't know. It kind of just happened. <laughs> yeah. I think it it didn't like it fit. It needed to be in there. Like otherwise, I feel like it just wouldn't be genuine. Almost like it. I don't know. Really? Yeah. They uh, the the masks have such traumatic and such tortured backgrounds, um, which there's lots and lots yet to be revealed about how they were brought up and everything they had gone through that they were brought up by a man who 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 used psychological warfare on them. I mean, he, that's exactly. what he, he absolutely tortured those poor boys, his his natural son and the two boys that he obviously took and brought in. So I knew that they they had to, they were, they were their father's son. They they basically lived out what he's what he did to them. And um, so it had to be that kind of book, I think. I know, especially when they, they make him kill the dog. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's just horrific. <laughs> Sometimes I think, wow, Kelly, you're really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's like almost like someone else is writing it. It's the bizarrest thing. And I sit back after a bit and I'm saying, like, wow, you would just need to close that computer before you go even further. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, so speaking more about Christy, you know, and just how strong she is, because like from the Academy of Stardom series, we get this kind of idea because we're getting the view of Christy from Grimm. And so you're yeah. kind of getting this idea that Christy is weak. You know, Grimm yeah. is looking out for her all the time. She's got her under her wing. Um, and then obviously from that, we move forward to when we hear from her in this book and you find out that, you know, her mother has, been tragically killed in a house fire when she was young. Um, so she's been left largely to fend for herself in that regard. Um, you know, she's got this horrible um, scarring from the house fire herself. Um, and she's also been looked down upon because she's not this classic view of perfectionism in this world, you know, because she has the birthmark on her face and everything like that. Um, but how much did you love writing her character to show everybody that that just wasn't the case, you know, that she was actually this really strong, independent, you know, tough woman that was actually going to fight back the whole time. I loved it. I loved, I love, I mean, I love writing strong characters, but often you find, don't you, in dark romance, where the woman kind of just concedes really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't find that really realistic. Um, I just think... I think sometimes when you feel like you've got nothing left to lose, I think in her head, she perhaps didn't have anything left, left to lose. She's been captured by these guys. She knew it was as a, as a result that Grimm had killed someone. So she thought, well, I'm going to die here, basically. I think that's her thought. So she's just going to fight every step of the way. And it was really trying to draw that line between what was being done to her and her physical reaction to it because you know they kind of forced orgasms and stuff like that and then the glimpses of the guys that she saw that were slightly you know the glimpses of the goodness that was there is still in them and obviously that will come out later in the second book but um I just loved it I, I loved writing her she's probably my favorite female character and um, and she might not be physically strong although she had to be to survive her scarring on her back um she's not like a like a massive brawler or anything like perhaps yeah. Asia was in the Academy of Misfits but she's got the absolute inner strength that is unbreakable and I absolutely I love that about her so I've set myself up to a really hard job in book two because she needs to actually love them <laughs> and, <laughs> and it will happen and obviously they want to love her but I am she might be the everyone talks about who's going to break first and they talk about the guys but actually or, or she's going to be the one who breaks the last, I think, probably. Yes. You know? Yeah. Mm, it, it will yep, be them before her. Yeah. yeah. I think, And I think you start, I think that what the turning point is when she does start having those visions of when they are little boys and she's actually yes. seeing, 
a different side of them a different yeah. side of them and because at that point you know she's hearing oh no they were good they haven't all been like you know there is good in there yeah. and she's like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, exactly they're assholes I don't even have a name <laughs> <laughs> they're really really horrible but yeah exactly so that was really important that was another tool I suppose I used in this story in order because they were never going to open up to her and tell her these things no really um and I needed something as the tool so that she could see how they were um to help sort of get her into that mindset eventually about potentially loving possibly yeah (laughs) which is why book two is going to be so long (laughs) (laughs) all right well I think we should talk about the the masks yeah um, now so yeah so the whole time you're like oh they're brothers but and then the, actually when it starts I'm like how is this going to work because they're brothers <laughs> but then you uh, yeah then you find out actually they're not related by blood so you're kind of like okay that's good then um but then it doesn't really matter after that because everything is so twisted but where did you get the inspiration for the three of them and how difficult did you find writing because they're just so different too. Their darkness is so different. Yeah. I um, God, inspiration. Do you know what? I mean, obviously I love the Phantom of the Opera. So the basis of the story is the mask and the Phantom of the Opera. And I always, when I watch that, when I watch it on stage, I'm like, why, why isn't she going with the Phantom of the Opera? You know, he looks like dude. And he was twisted. So that kind of dark, twisted, I always love a villain in a story. I quite like the dark version of people um so I'm I'm kind of drawn to that as a reader uh, and I wanted to sort of uh, explore that as a writer um and then the differences then I think I what I did was I sat down and I thought right each of them has to have a thing that they like or turned on by I suppose if you see what I mean and once I was able to to separate that out for each of them the kind of the darkness with that came along and it, they, they kind of evolved from there they were very organic whenever I write it's, it's quite organic it's never really plotted or planned or you know but I just knew that uh, you know um Leon had to ha- have this you know need to violence it's kind of almost killing people <laughs> I love Leon so much I love Leon so much <laughs> and, yeah. well actually it's just he's hard. literally the worst I know I can't decide but like Leon is definitely oh, yeah look there's a yeah. part in the book there's a scene in the book where you just like fucking heartbreaking <laughs> just like yeah oh I was we'll I don't cry we'll I don't that. cry Kelly Almost cried. Almost. <laughs> okay. My my aim in life is to get you to cry. Yes, yeah. please do so. I need to up her tally. Our cry tallies are just uneven. I, I she know. needs to get some more in. I find it hard to like cry in like in a book, but I tell you that scene where she she comes down and confronts him and then beats beats him. Mm-hmm. I, I oh oh broke me. I was like oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, so that was, and that scene actually was a real surprise to me as I wrote it. That wasn't, I didn't have that intention actually, but then as I visualised it, her walking in the door with all of that rage and knowing what she knew, I just knew she had to get that broom and whack him with it. (laughs) She She had to, there was no other way. There's no other way. No. Basically, the concept is that you've got these masks, they live in this castle, this medieval castle, and they're followed on in their father's footsteps where they collect yeah people yeah. um or you know that have talents or that are rare you know whether it be singing or dancing or you know performing some sort of performance and basically they wear them these masks that they don't take off yeah. at all except when they're in their own private chambers they these people that they collect they they don't have a name anymore they're called by a number and the numbers, you know, they perform at this show that they put on for other people and generally speaking, things get sexual afterwards. So, yeah. and, and I think like even the very first part where they've got 12 mm. and it's showing you how they essentially, uh, we go back to that, you know, psychological warfare thing, they essentially break them down yeah. until they get back to this point 
where, you know, they're like, they actually want to be at that castle, you know, mm. and it can't like Christy is very torn because she doesn't understand how they could possibly want to be there. But to like these, these numbers, they, they are quite happy to be there. It's like they've actually been awakened. Like they've come from other harrowing circumstances. And this is like, I can now be free to be who I want. So that's also something that you're balancing up there as well in terms of, mm, okay, like, like they are horrible, but these people seem to actually get benefit out of this as well. So it's very complex in that regard. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what Christy doesn't really realise, I think, until a bit further on that, where they've come from. She just thinks that these poor people have just been taken. And and she can't possibly understand as well because she has come from a a background where even though she didn't have a mum, she had a support network of people that did love her. And Mm -hmm. so to her, she's just like, well, you've taken me from that. I can't understand why anybody would be happy with that type of situation so it's that very really hard key. Yeah. yeah very key for the situation so I knew that the the the, the numbers in the menagerie had to want to be there and um, and how they get there is the interesting part because like you said they're broken down they're made they're they're called a number their identity is take stripped away but at the same time it's implying that who they truly are is is how they are presented now in the castle and they're comfortable with it and that's going to be really explored quite in depth in the second one so we may get some views into them some of the numbers backgrounds in book two. Oh, I'm excited about that actually that will be, that will be good. <laughs> I've just got to decide which ones and sometimes that might happen as I'm writing it and it will just be a perfect thing or it, I might sort of think mm, who would people like to know about? I know five has intrigued a lot of people, the knife thrower. She's got that. a bit of autonomy actually in the book uh, already in book one because she wasn't part of that scene at the end being having sex with. And there's a, there's a, there's a reason for that. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be exploring a little bit more of that, which is why book two is going to be humongous. the cast is absolutely huge so I've got all these people to play with in the second book so it's going to be quite exciting yeah absolutely you you have rethought the numbers maybe just to six (laughs) I I must admit I was like oh for Christ's sake why did I do 13 of them I mean what was I thinking and actually trying to remember them I've literally got them that I do have written on the board the numbers and their real names which I know now um and like their you know what they look like and what their their you know their artistic thing is whatever because I can't remember yeah, have, all yeah. that. I, I do not know how you would keep keep tabs on it otherwise you need to have it sitting there all time yeah <laughs> um I think the you know the topic of consent is also obviously a huge theme in in this story as well how difficult was that to right really really hard yeah because ultimately this is a romance book but I also knew that in that situation there is no way you'd want that kind of forced sex forced orgasms being you know all of that degradation why on earth would a real human person be (laughs) actually be like yeah come on give it to me um so I knew that I, I had to make it clear from her point of view that this wasn't acceptable. And she tells them constantly, just because I do this and just because I am responding physically a certain way doesn't mean that I actually want it. And then, you know, that scale has got to tip. I mean, she use it. You see it in the scene where um, she's in the, the room of curiosities with Jacob and yeah. she gets her knees. Um, and you see how her mind works in that situation. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've got to, if I don't see it as a certain way, then this is going to really end me, ruin me. I just, you know, so she had to take the power there and she did. And mm-hmm. I, that, that was a really, I felt a really good scene, to, not good scene, that's not the right word. That's not what I'm looking for, but just a really important scene to write that she had to have that flip in her brain about taking the power back and stuff like that it was definitely a turning point yeah for her at that at that time um but as Beck was 
um, talking about before, another turning point was when she realizes that um, Leon was there at the house mm-hmm. fire that killed her yes. mum, and yeah. that he was actually the one that pulled her out of the fire because he had been told to go in there um, and set this fire. He didn't realize anybody was actually home. Uh, which she doesn't realize at the start or she kind of remembers from this kind of vision that she has is that he's standing over her. He actually thought she was dead. And then Mm -hmm. when he like, when they actually talk, he says, forget me, I'm the one that killed your mom. So all she's got in her head is that he's the one that's killed her mom. Yeah. Goes down and confronts him. And he just, what makes it more heartbreaking is he doesn't react at all. He just lets her, completely go to town on him yeah and then the story comes out that yes he didn't realize that anybody was home and he couldn't possibly leave her there that's why he had to get her out even though he suffered punishment for that afterwards um and that is another turning point for her with them because she kind of realizes like okay um firstly there's another layer to them but also like that violence that came out of her she wasn't prepared for it she wasn't like didn't anticipate it and she was kind of like wow like I've already seen these flashbacks of what's happened to them as children and now where they are now and like this is what I've done so it was a huge huge scene that one absolutely I and that's where you fall in love a little bit more with Leon yeah, as well. Definitely. Because you're absolutely right. She, she, I think it made her realise that even if you're a good person, you can do bad things. Yeah. And she, out of just sheer rage and emotion, beat the crap out of him because of what he did. Exactly. And he took it, which is really key. He didn't even fight back. He just that's let the thing. Go. He was just like, I deserve this. And again, and there's a part of yeah, exactly. There's a part that he feels like he deserves it, but also there's a vulnerability there because he's it's it shows that he's been beat before. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's that absolutely. So there's all of that in, involved in that kind of scene, which is why I think it is probably the most powerful scene in that book. I think it's it's sure. a huge scene, absolutely. And what about the courtyard scene? That was another another point where you're like, far out, Leon, where she calls him <laughs> out for calling her Christy because he yes. drops his guard, remember? And he's like, yeah, he's like so in the moment. He calls her Christy. So she goes down to dinner, calls him out on it, then he loses his shit. Oh, yeah. that was actually really devastating as well. Yeah. yeah. Because he was just like, completely broken at yeah. that point and yeah yeah I just yeah he he definitely she's definitely got to him for sure mm. and he yeah give, calling her by her name was absolutely key in that moment where he's just lost in what he's doing and it just comes out and Conrad's like kneeling on four going oh my fucking are we God. are we gonna talk about it oh yeah. Jesus. oh shit what did he he just said that um yeah so when she calls him out about it later in front of them when he's got his guard back up and he's back to that real leon and you know you can't get through the brick wall and stuff and then she says well you called me christy then he loses his crap that just that yeah definitely that was another little notch that she's you know she's chipping away at him (laughs) and also their relationship as you know brothers um in terms of the fact that they were kind of like they got to this point in their relationship, I think, where they were just like going through the motions, getting what they mm-hmm. wanted to do, but they were actually starting to grow apart. Like they were starting to kind of, they weren't very cohesive. They were starting to grow apart. They get Christy and all of them change almost automatically because yeah. they start keeping things from each other, um, yeah. you know, uh but then when locker no one will touch her and then the breakdown occurs and you just see that bond between them mm-hmm. because you know conrad and jacob are just absolutely devastated for leon yeah and I, you know that's when you just kind of like oh you know you see that other side of them again Real, there's a real bond between them and you're absolutely right they they 
you get glimpses of them like perhaps they're not as all as well between the three of them and then she's brought in and she just literally makes them all lose their their minds and then they're trying to claw back this they're not supposed to feel they're not supposed to have those emotions they're supposed to be like this they're supposed to be a certain way and really whatever and and she just brings all of that she's their mirror like I said in the book she holds up and says this is who you are I can't wait for you. I might actually send you both the blurb for book two because, oh God, yes, yes please. <laughs> I think it's one of the best blurbs I've written. And when I wrote it, I was like, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, and I, think I cannot like wait. <laughs> I'll send it to you afterwards. So, um, yeah, it was really key, key. Lots of key things happen in this story to set it up for book two. Yeah, yeah and because I think, like, the vulnerability comes out in that scene as well, not just from... Leon losing it but like physically speaking they hold all the power there you know they have her locked up in this castle but then they're actually like get away from him like she's hurting him and like it's just this power change in that scene it's crazy which is why it leads up to what happens at the end of the book because they know we didn't see it huge power over them and if, I don't know if you noticed or you probably did because you're very good at seeing things but they've all got bruises and cuts before they do that thing yes. so mm-hmm. that what happened between them there is will be brought out in the book too probably the prologue yeah chapter. and I uh, I mean I I'm speculating but I keep thinking that they know something else about her as well because like Jacob at that scene says, and, and I know he's referring to the fact that she's splintering them apart as well and she's kind of making them feel and making them vulnerable, but he says something to the effect of, I needed to make sure, but now I know. And I don't know whether that's just in relation to their vulnerability or whether, like, he's there's something else behind the scenes that he's found out. But, yeah, and then it leads up to, you know, them saying, you can't live, and Leon's, like, strangling her. So... <laughs> But I'm like, is it sexual? My lips are sealed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, but I feel like, and because the in going back a little bit, she's having um, she has visions that Grim is going is going to come, and then she starts getting really worried, like because yeah. she's so worried Grim's going to die and doesn't yeah. want um doesn't want that to happen. But then you know, in that last part of the book, I did not see any of that happening (laughs) I was expecting Grim to come in there'd be a bit of a like battle and it would end on a cliffhanger when it was like oh no No, I didn't see it it ending there I was like holy (laughs) shit literally I was like kids go and do something go do something (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow um very well that ending was like one of the best endings I think I've read like I've read like it was just didn't see it caught you off guard definitely caught you off yeah. guard yeah. caught me think- off guard when I wrote it <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was which like, one do you want to take what the hell <laughs> I honestly did I wrote and I was like I didn't I when I started the, that last chapter that was not how I saw that happening at the end and then once they killed the Baron I was like, okay, hold on a minute. This is going to be one way. People are going to read it one way. They've come in to save her effectively from this really disgusting man. And then they go and do what they do. So I just, it flipped at that point, actually. Right then I thought, I'm going to really piss people off now. <laughs> even even the, the, like, what was happening in that room. I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. what is it was full on, wasn't it? It was full the, on. The triplets are doing this and this one's doing this. <laughs> I know. I'm just like my parents. There's like, oh, my mum often likes to dabble in my books. I was like, that is the one book you are never, ever, ever allowed to read. <laughs> you just be like, Kelly, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but we've got another dynamic as well, which we we need to discuss, which is thirteen, right? Mm. So thirteen is there. <laughs> She's there of her own free will. She wasn't kidnapped. She actually came to them. She has a background with the masks. Um, And you don't find out why she's there. Like um, Christy forms a bond with 13. She actually is staying in 13's room for her own protection. 
yeah. you know, with this chastity belt on. Um, <laughs> that 13 <laughs> has the key too. 13 has the key. And, you know, 13, she doesn't perform in the, with the menagerie. She is creating like... Um, like a healer. She's like yeah. a healer. She's creating things um, to, you know, help people and whatnot. She also creates some pretty fucked up drugs too. Because. Um, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and so you're wondering, like, how that comes into it until, like, it gets to, like, a boiling point where she hands Christy over this letter, which is written from her mom, who also had the same, you know, mm-hmm. talents as Christy, which had basically set out this whole thing and saying, you need to accept your fate. Your fate is with the masks. You know, don't challenge it. You know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, like, throws a whole spinner in the work saying, you know, 13 is there because I, you know, she had uh-huh, to be there yeah. this and it's like crazy like how that's all interwoven but you've got 13 there as well and she's she's kind of like hey sometimes she's the good guy and sometimes she's mm-hmm. the bad guy so <laughs> they have that dinner where mm-hmm. it's like oh this is how we introduce you to everybody essentially you get naked and everyone just makes out with you while we all eat around the dinner table and you well, lay in the eat off you, yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and 13 she will give you this drug which is going to make you essentially like unable to move paralytic yeah but also extremely aroused um and then 13 kisses her and puts this special elixir in her mouth that yep. lets her get her feelings back so she's all like wow well firstly she's like how dare 13 do this to me then she's like wow she gave me an out you know now yep. i can fight back but then we get to the end scene where she's like, I'm going to make my escape here. And then, you know, they give her this drug, yes. which essentially she can't move. They leave her completely vulnerable on this cross. And at that point, you're pretty pissed off with them. Even when yeah. they save it from the Baron, because you're like, what did you expect was going to happen here, guys? Yeah. Like something like this was going to happen um so yeah 13 definitely throws a bit of a spinner in the works because you're not really sure there like she obviously has a major point but you're like who is she friend or foe we just don't know (laughs) yeah she she definitely walks that fine line and then yeah that's very purposeful that's all I'm saying (laughs) 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 there is no (laughs) guys (laughs) Uh, what was your favorite scene to write in the book um the i'm obviously a very violent person but it has to be when he <laughs> goes and beats the shit out of leon i just i i'm yeah you just can't though just yeah. no so in real life i'm not at all but obviously in my head i am um yeah so that that scene is my most favorite scene I also quite like the one with um, Jacob when he goes in the forest. I knew that was oh, going to be it. I knew that was going to be it. <laughs> oh, like self-flagellation and like that kind of stuff. Also very violent. Violence against himself. And but he's I thought talking that, that... to himself as well. He's completely yeah. nude and covered in he, mud. <laughs> he's literally lost, lost the plot and is in that forest trying to run out these emotions, which in the second book will be something that he you'll find that he did often it's also a place of torture that forest for him I think I mentioned the little hut in the forest very briefly so that will be looked into as well and he may well take her to that hut at one point in book two (laughs) Um, uh, yeah so that that forest is really yeah that's that's another key scene but I did enjoy I think I'm quite violent underneath it all that's real life that's okay but... we're here for it we're here for it <laughs> i can let my imagination run riot in these books yeah absolutely <laughs> and no one even has to know it's you either writing it no exactly they pay <laughs> it's all her not me <laughs> okay well we do have quite a few reader questions as well that oh, were submitted what was your inspiration for the various numbers how did you come up with that concept? Oh, um, well, the inspiration was The Greatest Showman. And one of my, re- one of my reviewers actually picked that up. 
Um, I love that. Movie. I love that movie. And I love that 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 whole The Greatest Showman is one of my most favorite films and I just love the, the very different characters they're very different they all did, had a different thing that they could do they all look very different and stuff like that so the kind of concept of the menagerie had come from that film basically but individually that's quite tricky because I think I just came up with what would I really like to see you've got to have a <laughs> prana you've got to have a knife throw in there I mean that's so cool you've got to have a fire eat you've got to have someone who does <laughs> He's artists. They're all my favorite things I would like to see at a circus or in a show or something. So, yes. yeah, that's kind Absolutely. of where it all comes from. Do any of the numbers, like, do you have certain visions in your head of what the numbers look like? Do any of them look like a celebrity? <laughs> you know what? No, because I don't, it's no, I don't have anyone, I don't think. I was having a think about that. I actually saw that question and Courtney sent it. And I was having a think about that. And I was thinking, <laughs> did I make this on anybody? And I don't think I do. I think maybe the only one slightly. No, because she's not, she doesn't even look like her. The kind of, maybe number five is a little bit Lara Crofty. Oh, yes. That's what I am. Yes, I can see that's that. Kind of, that was the only real one that was a little bit clearer in my head. I, I mean, Lara Croft is a white woman, but actually at five is not. She's like Asian and mm. um, she's got this long black braided hair and stuff. But it was very much in my head with the straps and the knives, a bit Lara Croft. That was the only real one that I envisaged. And actually, actually, that's a lie. So number six, who is the singer, very voluptuous, Adele. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in my head, so the, the big version of her, not the slim version, yes. Adele. But apart from that, I can't, I don't think I can place any of them as um, any celebrities, actually. But those two are quite clear. Yes, I'm there for that, for sure. <laughs> what was your inspiration for the castle? Uh, so there is a place in uh, the UK down in East Sussex called Hurstmonsu Castle. Um, and it's a place that where, near where my mother-in-law lives, actually. And it is just so beautiful. It's a huge, great big castle surrounded by a moat. Now, it's not surrounded by lots and lots of trees because in, in, in the book, it's like there's a moat and then there's this massive forest, mm-hmm. you know, for miles and miles and miles. And like in Scotland with the, Al- you know, the hills and the mountains and stuff with snow but the castle itself was based on this castle Hurstmonsu castle in East Sussex beautiful beautiful place so yeah I think I've actually seen that in one of your videos yes from where you went there yes yeah yeah it is beautiful absolutely now um Courtney did ask this question. She said that it wouldn't give away too many spoilers, <laughs> uh, but she wants she wants us to ask whether there's going to be any additional kinks or toys that are going to pop up in book two. She cracks me up. So you obviously, you were introduced to the room upstairs, you know, where he pulls mm-hmm. the book out and then you've got the secret stairwell yeah. up there. There will be some scenes in there for definite. Um, for sure so obviously there's that whole massive cabinet filled with naughty things in there <laughs> um yeah so that's going to play a big part I'm just trying to think other kinks so far I mean they're kinks as they are mm, no not, not that I can think of at the minute but like I say I'm very organic so something could just pop up <laughs> in my in a story, and I'm like you just don't know well, that looks like an interesting instrument I might use that to do something with you know so these <laughs> things can just happen in my story but that room in particular is going to be very, um, it's going to have a couple of scenes set in there. It has to be done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, All right. oh there is one more place. Sorry, I just thought it's a place rather than a um, a tool. <laughs> a tool. <laughs> Underneath the castle, I think I mentioned it in passing in the story, right at the beginning, actually, in the prologue, where they mentioned Leon goes to the underground lake. He mm-hmm. has a place yes. he likes to cool yep. off. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a place something very interesting happens in. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we found out, obviously, his connection yes. to the water and everything has to do with her. Yeah. And yes. Yeah, his tattoos and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Now, speaking of naughty scenes, when researching these naughty scenes and tools, um, do you ever cock your head sideways and go, how the hell? And then research it more because you need to know more. <laughs> oh my God, don't, don't. So I had to look up and I still can't for life remember what it's called with the cross that they tied her to. Yeah. Why don't I remember the St. Andrew's that? cross? Yes, St. Andrew's <laughs> cross. So I was like, I need to actually look this up because I need to. And so like, uh, God forbid anyone sees like my history and my search because the things that came up, I was like, whoa, this is really like, oh, I'm going to get into so much trouble. Um, but yeah, so I had to research that and I was just like, okay, I knew what it was in my head. I'd heard, read about it and other books heard about it, but actually seeing something visual, I'm like, Christ. Um, and then that obviously led to, sort of researching some other things like the bed with the you know the full poster bed with the actual chains on and the thing and all and the things you come across on the internet is absolutely frightening isn't it <laughs> but yeah there's a lot out there i, I did i did sort of go oh my god i was like delete history delete history what the hell oh it's so funny because i always do that and they're just like don't click images don't click no. images. And i'm like i've got to click it i've got she goes don't but we literally were doing that on something the other day that we read and we're like, what does this mean? And she's like, don't, I was like, do, don't it. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you do, you open up and you're just like, oh, that that on you. You're like, oh my God. But yeah. You can't unsee it. You just end up scrolling. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're like, wow. <laughs> now this is um, fake news, but Courtney did say, uh asked you to admit that conrad was hers because and i quote she licked him that's obviously <laughs> fake news so we'll just forget about that fake news total fake news i mean to be honest everyone says they lick them and they become theirs but i mean i licked them first like i was the original licker <laughs> you were so, the original licker <laughs> whatever oh god. oh god that's the best <laughs> um how did you come up with the names of the characters uh, so funnily enough, I've got a, um, a like a beta, a beta reader who is not on social media at all. She's like lovely lady and she emails me stuff. And she was like, Kelly, do you realize that you do name your people like alphabetically? And I was like, what? I do not. So so with Stardom Academy, it was Zeno, uh, York, Zeno, Zane. And obviously Dax was the one out of the thing with X, Y and Z. And then with this one, it's Jacob, Lee and Conroe. It was JK and Al. And I was like, <laughs> so we were having a laugh about it and I was thinking I'm in my head what I what I tend to do is obviously I don't want them to all have a similar sounding name or for them to start the same letter because it's really confusing when I've read books and you've got sort of people really similar names I get confused about who I'm reading about so I have to try and make them quite different and what better way than to alphabetas like you know I'll go to the alphabet and do it a lot of like with the academy of stardom um it was play it was area so camden is a place in london york is a place in the uk zane was just because i fancy zane out of that group what's that group called i can't even remember what it's called you know the singer um <laughs> i like this name. one direction, no, one direction. Yeah, yeah sorry i couldn't think my brain so yeah i just kind of go through the alphabet and think right that's too close to that so i want it to be like this but nothing really any you know exciting than that really <laughs> And someone did ask you, ask whether you have dancing background, but I know we've discussed this before and you don't, even though you're able to write these amazing scenes that you just can feel like you're there, but your husband does have yeah. a background in he dance. Yeah. So he, was, he was, yeah, he was a, a dancer in his youth. He did a lot of, he used to go on a show um, when he was younger, actually a TV show. And it's funny enough, I found one, I've got one on TikTok where I'm pointing him out in that. So if you scroll back on TikTok, you'll see I've the I've seen the TikTok, but I didn't realise that was actually him in the yeah, video. It's my husband. So I'm pointing to him. He's the he's the lad in the in the in the face. So he used to go to that every every week. They used to have this open audience thing and they were like, come on in, James. And they used to go and they used to pick people out. And because he used to, he was really good and he used to get in there and do all his dance moves. He was literally on that show every time it was aired basically pretty awesome. much one minute um and then he did a lot of it, it wasn't he wasn't trained professionally per se but he was very much like a breaker he used to do 
dance and go out to clubs and do battles and stuff like that yeah so he was my inspiration (laughs) (laughs) all right now if you could pick any guys from your book or girls then um who would you pick to build your harem but you can only have four where i'll stop i'll stop it i added that extra bit on the question didn't that's have it. Really unfair because <laughs> I have like one from every every single book. No, so that's really annoying. <laughs> right. Okay. So I have to say, Leon from this one because I like the dark guys and the dark, the the really, really, really troubled, tortured ones break the hardest. And then yeah. So then him. Uh, uh, so Malachi, which is he's my guy from my one and only male female book that I've got out at the moment um, from Beyond the Horizon. I love him so much. It's actually a little bit obsessive. But anyway, him. Uh, let me think. So he's like that really big, burly, possessive guy. Uh, so from it has to be Dax. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick. No, I'm like on you. Is Dax? So that's straight Christ. Now let me think. So what have we got left? Mm-hmm. Oh God, this is really hard. I have a real soft spot for. Oh, I can't choose between the Academy of Misfits and the, the Brothers Free. That's really annoying. What I if I give them. you five? All right, five then. So <laughs> it'll be Bryce from the Academy of Misfits, which you, if you have not, not Academy of Misfits, sorry, from um, the Brothers Free okay. trilogy, my first contemporary trilogy and if you've not read that then he's basically mountain I actually name him mountain man in the book because he's this massive guy with a big beard and he's just hot so him and then from the academy of misfits oh York he's the fighter yeah yeah he's the underground fighter connected to Grimm who will appear in next book love it (laughs) I love not it. Not York. Sorry, I'm, I'm naming Bloody Academy Simon. Not York. What am I talking about? What's his name? <gasps> it's on it. Ford. Ford. Oh, I'm sorry. I was literally, because I haven't read that book. I know. I was I'm like, like oh, okay, there's a York in there. No, he's well. not called York. Sorry. That's <laughs> my brain being pretty. From Academy of Misfits, it's Ford. And Ford is yeah. Grimm's half brother. So he will be yes. appearing in the next book. Sorry. Yes. To clarify. All right. So we've got Ford. Dax, Dax, Bryce, John, Bryce, and Malachi. Malachi. Yeah, that's it. That's a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> it is a mouthful. It is. Actually, imagine calling out all those names in more than one way. Okay, so he. This is the tough questions. Okay, okay. um, just prepare yourself. What is your favorite snack or drink when writing? Okay, so my favourite drink, I have to have some tea with me all the time and I drink Earl Grey because I'm posh like that. So Earl Grey tea. Um, but if I really want to live it up, then I'm I'm cracking open the wine. Yes. But if it's winter, it's red wine. And if it's summer, it's rosé. Mm, so that's yes. my drink choice. I love a good rosé. And then my food, oh, I like I like savoury stuff. I love sweets, but I've got to be in the mood for them. But I love anything savoury. So cheese and crackers, crisps. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Shoving right. it down my face while I'm eating. You this ready? one is hard. You ready? This one is hard. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> fuck, Mary, kill Jacob, Conrad, Leon. <gasps> I can't, can't make me do this. Oh, my God. Okay, sugar. So, fuck, Mary, kill. Oh, my God. So, fuck, Conrad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Marry Leon and kill Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, he's out running through the woods. You're just going to shoot him down while he's on his naked run. You know what? Maybe he's going to kill Jacob. Maybe he gets lost out in the woods and you declare him dead, but he's not really. And he comes back. No. Yeah, he'll come back to life. <laughs> and that was very off. Yeah. I should have said kill Leon, but I can't do it. Like I couldn't <laughs> kill dance. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think you are actually, the next book will make me cry because 
twice, twice I've come close and it's going to happen. That's I'm lucky. We'll need to set up like a time-lapse video so we can record her while she's reading yes. it. We can catch oh. the exact moment on camera. I feel like I'll sense it. Like I sensed it in this one and I'm like. What do you do? Do you not go, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I like have to compose myself. And then I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Read it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That might be the one that goes viral. It might be. This might be the one that goes viral. have a stop bubble coming out of your nose. Yes, please. The one that goes viral. Please. I will. I will. I'll do it. I'll do it for the team. I'll do it for the team. Thank you. Amanda, I think, will actually probably cry if she sees me cry. I will cry because she's crying. <laughs> oh, just can't do it together, then. <laughs> she's like, yes, she's crying. She'll, you'll, she'll probably send you, like, a thank you gift. This is everything. the thing, like, just to get, like, I mean, our relationship is weird. Um, So basically every time she cries, she has to send me a Snapchat to snap chat to let me know that she's crying. So I can no be like, way. Oh, yes, because. So I never see her cry. So she'd be like, look at me, I'm crying. And I'm like, thank you so much for sharing. That is my, right. I've been challenged now. I've got to get you to cry. Please do so. Very close twice. Yeah, yeah. And then when you told us what you did have planned for Dax, I almost cried again. (laughs) (laughs) That That was tough. Okay, if you were a chair... What celebrity would you want to sit in you? <laughs> There's a long old list. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, um, oh my god, this is really bad. What is wrong with my brain? Um, what's his name? It's got out of my head. Scott Eastwood. So oh, Clint Eastwood's son is yeah. absolutely the hottest man on the planet. I Beautiful. I would he could sit all over me and I would not complain. Yeah, I'd be a lounge chair so he could just lie oh, right on me. Literally, I would be one of the, the comfiest chairs you could get. So yeah. you never ever want to get off me. One that really wraps around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Maybe is. I'd vibrate as well for him because, you know, extra special care. A massage chair. A massage chair. chair. <laughs> I would be a massage chair. I'd come with all the knobs and whistles. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. oh yes he is very nice he's my top yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh what is your most useless talent oh my god singing <laughs> I can't actually sing um because I'm useless at it but I do do it a lot and my kids are like would you just shut up Oh, mom, I am literally that person who will get up and do karaoke and think she's amazing and would be like the cats crying. And I don't care because I'm like, it's joyous, right? I like to sing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that is a really useless talent because I am useless at it. <laughs> well, it depends. Really if the talent. Bad enough, you kind of blend in with it and you sound amazing. Yeah, you feel like you do, don't you? And you're like, everyone's like, oh my God, what is this person on? And if you sing with headphones in, so yeah. you sound exactly like the people. Oh, you really singing. do? Yeah. yeah. I literally think I am like Adele. I get in the car and I whack a you know, CD and I'm like, whatever. And my kids are like, oh, please, like torture for them. Yeah. yeah she's I do best. like to do that with my kids. And then I like to pretend that I'm really good. And I'll be like, did you did you like that, guys? It was amazing, yeah. wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And of course, they're like five and six, so they're like, no, it was terrible. I'm like, but it was so good, right? <laughs> exactly. My darling little boy, one day, because I used to sing him um, Beyonce's version of Ave Maria when he was, and it used to, he used to go to sleep, so I used to sing that to him oh. every night, oh. and it came on the playlist is only like recently in the car and I'm like oh Elijah I used to sing this to you when you were a baby I used to put you to sleep and he's like did I go to sleep I didn't want to listen to you anymore yeah literally I feel like that's what he did hey he's like please stop I'll go to sleep please yeah I'm, I'm sleeping I'm like, I'm like, okay <laughs> almost cried then too <laughs> 
away with the most random things. Oh my god. Well, that was action packed. But we are so excited to read the blurb of the next yes. book. And also for the next book. So is that the next one you're going to release or are you going to bring out Grim and Beast Story before that? Or what's oh, your plan? I'm trying to write them in tandem because yeah, there's some sort of things that happen, I think. So I need to, I need to, yeah, I'm writing in tandem, but also because I Dancer in the Mask was actually really emotionally difficult to write. It was really, really draining. I was like exhausted after writing that book. So I need another book to kind of just counter that a little bit. So I'm going to try, but I don't want to promise anything. I think with, with Grim and Beast's story, it will be like a, a short release. It will be like, right, I've written this and it's coming out now or whatever in a week or two's time, just because I just, yeah. But I don't want to promise anything, but I am writing them both at the same time to give a little self a break, but also for reasons. <laughs> but also reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could imagine something like that would just be, yeah, draining. So like, draining. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. The characters are a lot. The story's a lot. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We've had an absolute ball as always. Um, and we look forward to hearing all that you have coming out next yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always have such fun. You can go to bed now. Like, what time is it there? Oh, it's only eight o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> to get to bed. Cool. Okay. Go to sleep now. You must. 